0: Hello and welcome to the Property Roundup here on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Talon, the show where we chat to industry experts to get a view on what's happening on the ground and to learn about new trends emerging. This show is sponsored by DAF.ie, Ireland's most visited property website. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Niall Brown, partner with O'Donnell & Joyce Auctioneers in Galway and private treaty and new homes manager. Um, Niall, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Carol, uh,
1: Good to see you again. It's been a long time.
0: It has it has been a long time and a lot has changed. And it feels like every time we're talking about the property market, and particularly when we're looking at the regions, it's been such a period of change and transition over the last number of years, and we're definitely we're not done with that yet. So no, I, sure. I, I mentioned in the in the lineup there that you're the private treaty and new homes manager. So look, let's start with the new homes because I think that's a really interesting thing. Um, in terms of development land new homes, and I suppose the pipeline for Galway City and County, what are you seeing?
1: Well, the main area that we're working on at the moment, you, you'll see a, a growth in the suburbs, mainly towards Mycullen, where we have two schemes ongoing at the moment, and then you've got Mycullen, uh, you're into Crockwell, and then into Ballinasloe as well. So we range cover a range of different areas, I guess, as well, in particular then, you know, some of our, our um regular clients, the likes of O'Malley's and so on as well, building a Galway City. So we service Galway City and County, and um, particularly with developers we've worked with over the years as well but yeah you've seen a sudden growth uh out to the likes of my colon or more and so on as well mostly on account of price levels city center obviously is quite expensive and then as you get into the suburbs then it becomes a little bit uh, less costly i guess so demand and, and take up uh, particularly with the two schemes we've had in my collin has been definitely to the roof um, and
0: are they all uh, home buyers?
1: All home buyers, all first-time buyers, very few uh, investors. The investors don't seem to be going for for new homes at all at the moment. So, it's well, that's, uh, that
0: would be welcome news for the first-time buyers. They've already been fending off competition from approved housing bodies. And you know, when you when you've got a situation that you've got the first-time buyers competing for the same properties as not just investors, but um, you know, approved housing bodies for social housing. You know, we've had a really strange dynamic in, in the market yeah, that first-time uh, buyers
1: it's a harrowing time for a first-time buyer to you're like you've got competition between these houses and bodies and you've got you know people who are looking for parts of investments but those are kind of a little bit abated at the moment so you're seeing a lot of first-time buyers come The age profile we're probably seeing is between about 35 and 40. In some cases and depending on the house type you'll find people downsizing maybe from a larger house into a new estate who owned energy efficient homes as well so I mean, what they're getting as standard is just incredible. I mean, an A2 rated house with underfloor heating and, and all the bells and whistles that come with the new home, it's hard to and, give it up.
0: And what kind of prices are you looking at there on average?
1: Uh, typically, three beds can range anywhere from between 350 and 420 for a three bed, depending on the location again. And then four beds can often get up to around 470 to 480 Um. There dependent on location as well, whether or not you go for city or county as well. But yeah, everything is as it comes to the to the bells with new, new underfloor eating and all the energy efficient things that go with it.
0: and exactly what first-time buyers want and need. And um, it's interesting. I I I'm always curious about the profile of uh first-time buyers. And we know from all the data that the age profile of first-time buyers—they're um, definitely first-time buyers—are um, are older now than they, we might have seen a decade and a half ago. So you're saying you're seeing an average of kind of maybe thirty-five to forty-year-olds. Yeah. And are most mean, couples, or are you seeing many? Um, yeah, you get a lot of
1: couples coming together. Mainly, then, in some cases, then you got single ladies. Those gentlemen wouldn't be that well organized financially. We tend to spend <laughs> it before we have it. But no, in some cases, then you get a, a organized ladies who are just hell bent on getting their new home. If they have to buy it themselves, they they try their best to do so but yeah I mean when I started first the best part of 20 years ago you'd have first-time buyers at between 22 and 23 and 24 but cost and finance and you know life has gotten very expensive so now the age profile is between say 35 and 38 I guess as well.
0: Um, Nile, you're the first estate agent I've interviewed over the years who's actually pointed out that most of the single buyers are female rather than male. And that has actually been our experience, but it was anecdotal. Um, So I don't know if there's data to show that, and I certainly haven't seen it. That has been our experience.
1: It's incredible. I mean, you know, ladies are far more organised than us guys, I have to say as well. But yeah, it's um, I mean, they're strong. They're very you know, they have a strategy, they want to get their home. And sometimes if they're even in inter- a relationship, they don't want to buy with that person, unless there's a, a fawn yoga on the finger. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a credit to them. It's a big ask financially as well, but, you know, they have, they're very, very smart ladies as well who are coming together and uh, make it work. Do
0: you know, it, 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 I just think it's an interesting um observation. One of the other things I'm very curious about is, you know, particularly post COVID, we've seen that during COVID with the shift in work and how people are working, We've seen a return in some cases to regional cities and towns and also to rural areas of people who may or may not have a connection with the area. They just are choosing this area. And Galway is a particularly desirable city and county. So in terms of the demographic, the people coming back, would the be, or are you seeing many people coming back? Or if you are, are they ones that would have a connection with the area, or are they just choosing it?
1: Well, thankfully, with the with the medical device companies we have in the east of the city, most of the buyers that we have out there, and it's probably this might be a bit, sound a bit extreme, but 75% maybe from Mayo, Roscommon, and Clare. So, oh, which is a huge di- uh, move. I mean, they're all based in Medtronic and Boston and and some of the other larger medical device companies over there as well. So, yeah, it's incredible. But yeah, without Mayo, Roscommon, and Clare people, uh, um, and and to some degree, Dublin people would be actually lost. We wouldn't have any buyers over in the east of the city at all. When you're That's from Galway, you typically would stay where you grew up. Let's say you grew up in yeah. Saltire, try to stay there. You might go to Knocknacara, and then if you're from Renmore, you stay there as well. But it's um, yeah, people are. It's amazing. Everything is shifting out the way a bit.
0: That's a really interesting dynamic. I haven't heard of that before. And I suppose you see this is where the value of um, estate agents and auctioneers on the ground you really get to experience. The buyers in a way that the data doesn't record, and I, I, I'm just it's always a point of interest for me. Um, you know, to know who's buying, and it's interesting. We were just looking at the Limerick market, and there it was, um, a, a very much a non-Irish population um, was making up the majority of people buying. But for the same reasons you're talking about, as in the industries that have gone in, you know, yeah. so there you're talking mainly scientific, um, that the people being attracted into the area for work. So it, it, it's interesting to compare those dynamics because in a way it actually helps us understand who our pipeline of buyers are going to be. But in terms of the demand, because that's so well established, really supply is still where we're focused in terms of the pipeline. Um, so in the new homes that are available now, do you know what's likely to be coming on stream in 2024?
1: It's a, it's a tough battle. The, the planning setup that we have at the moment is a little bit on the tougher side for developers in particular. And the fact that it could take the best part of between two and four years to get planning is uh, is a financial crash for a lot of these developers, because in, in most cases, then they have to buy the site, let's say for a million, they're paying 10% interest. And yet again, they have to put in their part five, they have their bond and they have their contributions to pay as well. So the, the common consensus around the builders at the moment is that they're going to back off. You know, I have a couple of developers there who would jump on land if the planning was available and, and ready to go. But They're not willing to take the chance that you know they buy now and and in four years time they get to build because at the end of the day they're paying most of it back in interest to the banks anyway so i think you're going to see a gradual slowdown unless the um the the method of planning is sped up i i just don't see anything happening and i see it becoming a limited source in the future
0: Um, in terms of the residential land uh, zone tax do you think that will have an impact
1: to some degree yeah to some degree but again it gets down to movement and process you know everything is taking time you know I don't know what needs to be done in order to get everybody to talk together or work together, but it's just you know buying land today and not getting out, not getting planning for two years is just just crazy. I mean, it, it, not that it should be easy. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, it should be a, a quicker process available. But I don't think I'm the the smartest to tell people how to do that.
0: I will look. At planning, unfortunately, is not a galway specific issue. It is very much um, a national issue, and it's it's, it's, it's similar in cities and in regional towns and and market towns, the same experience seems to be that I suppose what's making it very different is um, in the larger cities, you're attracting international capital that's able to invest in maybe the apartments that local home builders um, don't have the capacity to do because we still have viability issues. So, I mean, in terms of the builders you're working with, are they all delivering houses or are there many involved in apartment schemes
1: no apartments don't make money unfortunately I will be that you need density in most developments but you know if you, if you take for example the price of a finished product of an apartment unless it's overlooking salt hill or go bay or whichever like that you're not going to get the return and it's just a costly output you know if by the time you've put in your lift and you put in your holocaurs and you put in your fire eggs throughout an apartment block there's not much left in it the main money is made off of uh, semi-detached and terrace homes particularly in two and three beds rather than apartments anyway
0: and um, you know, over the last number of years, while policy has certainly been pushing out international investment, you know, like uh, as we saw through uh, the reits, you know, where they were trying to maybe deliver um PRS schemes or even student accommodation, um, generally capital was being attracted to Dublin and to a lesser extent, um, Cork, but Limerick. Galway, Waterford missing out. So in terms of the money that's been invested in Galway, where is that coming from? Is it all fairly local or certainly domestic money?
1: It's mostly local, I have to say. yeah, There's a lot of, say, some funds and so on as well are seeing the value of, of houses in Galway, but mostly it's local. You know what I'm it. It's the same builders, the O'Malley's, the Brookway's, um, You've got GRBOC, Agrimac, you know, all these local builders who, who see the, the value of building in Galway and they know the market, so they stick with it.
0: Um, you know, I I know we mentioned there in terms of viability issues, but when we're looking at, say, just looking at delivering new homes for potential home buyers, so I I suppose maybe excluding um those that would be purchased en mass by approved housing bodies, social housing, or anything like that. Um, in terms of the pipeline of supply or demand, you know, I I mentioned there at the start that we almost take demand for granted now because you know a couple of years ago we might say, well, yes, there was demand, but it's a qualified demand? Is a demand that can access mortgages, whereas actually now we're seeing that pent-up demand has gotten very organised. Most of them are sitting on the mortgage approval and having to renew mortgage approvals while they wait for homes to become available. So i are you confident in terms of the pipeline of demand for new and second-hand homes in Galway.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the demand is there. We launched a scheme recently enough in Moycullen, and at, at the moment we didn't do, uh, you know, a, a launch per se, but we just put it on the market, and we've taken 16 deposits out of 20. So, I mean, that's that's an incredible result. Another scheme in then in Owen Moore, where it's, we, again, just opened it up, had open viewings on Saturdays and Sundays, and the first 22 went within probably the weekend, and then we were on the back of that we were able to sell the second phase, but they didn't increase the price in the second phase, which typically you'd have. But in that particular scheme as well, they finished the houses from top to toe. I mean, there wasn't a single thing outside of a, a kitchen appliance I had to put in there, and that's it done. You have carpets and floors, but you, if you're seen to give a bit back, buyers are, will will help and and handle it as well.
0: Very good. And in terms of I, I mentioned there, in addition to new homes, you're also a manager of um private treaties and auctions would be. Auctions maybe would be what um, O'Donnell and Joyce would be well known for in the region mm. and had some really interesting auction activity. So where does the private treaty sit in terms of the proportion of transactions going through the office? Is We're there-
1: obviously the harder part, harder working people in the <laughs> office, as you can imagine. You know, you don't need to stand in a room and, and take bids on it. This is the harder part where you get out and physically have to talk to people and, uh, and get them to come along. But you no, know, private treaty is still as steady as ever, but it's limited supply. I mean, a lot of people will move from a three and four bed semi and try to get into a detached house. However, the detached house now has gone beyond their price point. So now they're looking at renovations extended into their attic, putting an extension onto the back. Uh, an issue with that is that the cost of the materials and the cost of the build to the back and the attic has gone up. So people are, are saying, well, am I better off putting in 50,000? Will I get 50,000 back if we were to sell it? Um, but Which is hard to know. But So a lot of people are taking the view of just sticking tight at the moment and, you know, Live with the two kids screaming in the sitting room and be part and parcel of that, but you know it's it's a tough one because there's not the very little supply out there secondhand. Where you know normally speaking you'd have between I suppose seventy and seventy five houses for sale in Aftoncara, whereas uh, I was looking this morning you've got twenty, you've got thirty five, sorry, and then in Oranmore, which is a massive suburb of the city as well, you've got twenty nine houses available. So it's dwindling the number of of supply units out there, and the demand is going up as well, but. Yeah, it's it's going to be a real testing time. I think in the, between quarter one and quarter two next year with supply, it's going to be a real hard fought battle. I think myself.
0: Yeah, and uh, we know on average. Um, I think it was the the DAF.AE report from about two weeks ago was showing that new homes on average, so across the country, uh, down the volume of new or sorry, secondhand homes available, uh, was down twenty percent year on year. In Galway, would it be below or average or below or above average? Um, in terms of the reduced supply compared to this
1: time? Oh, I think definitely it's dropped down. Yeah, I had a meeting with Justin Malloy in the CIF this morning and we were going through new bills and and houses available as well and the this, this dwindling supply. Uh, I mean, a, a lot of the forecast would say that there'll be fewer and fewer houses next year and the year after as well. So it's going to be a tough battle to see what to do. But, you know, if if the planning can correct itself and create the, the developments for people to be able to build houses in a quicker and time, more timely fashion, then we could be OK.
0: And um, does Galway have uh, an issue with vacant? I mean, I, I spend a lot of time walking around Galway, it, unlike other cities. Um, I don't see a high level of vacancy there now, maybe a commercial higher, but say in terms of residential, you don't see a lot of residential vacancy, but sometimes that's not always obvious when you're walking around. Would Galway be impacted by that?
1: Uh, to some degree, yeah. I mean, there, there must be issues there in the background in a vacant uh, office space or not even a house. Let's say that might be going through probate, but there might be some family issues or, or, or somebody has gone into probate intestate where they don't have a will or whichever like that. So I can't see anybody sitting on three or 400,000 euros without doing anything on it. But there are a few, yeah. There's a, there's a regular amount. Um, But no, no, it's it's not that. It's not that. It, it, unless... You know, seeing some of the suburbs between council estates and so on as well Are there vacant units there, they don't have the manpower to, to renovate them. I just don't know. But there are the occasional vacant units in the city. All right.
0: And um, notwithstanding what you were saying earlier about people maybe who want extra space, but rather than moving, they're looking to see how they can create extra space in their existing home. Um, you know, there's I I always appreciate that there's quite a long lead in time for some people they might reach out to an estate agent or an auctioneer, maybe a year in advance of thinking about selling their home. So what kind of conversations are you having with homeowners currently, you know, who might be thinking of bringing their home to the market?
1: Well, you know, a lot of them are, are just deciding on, like myself, you know, a situation where you've got two children and you're looking at each other in the sitting room and two kids running around the place. So the ideal setup there would be to buy a house that would have a playroom. But that's not often the case. You know, you can't you can't often afford those type of luxuries, I guess, as well. So then some people would look into the idea of a steel tech shed. You know, Tom Brett uh, or Sean Brett is offering the most amazing home offices or playrooms or whichever. Uh, so a lot of people are beginning to factor those into the back of their gardens as well and making full use of them as well. So that's the other option that people are beginning to do. Should I do this or should I do that? But I think for a short term. Temporary kind of solution. A lot of people will go for the likes of a steel tech shed or So, or just to a steel tech office, or our home area, I guess.
0: Um, I I thought it was interesting earlier when you said that um people, uh, in Galway, un- unlike maybe the the Ross Common and uh, Sligo and Mayor, Mayo and County Clare buyers that are keeping you going at the moment, um, in the new homes that people from Galway tend to want to stay in the in their area, to a very like a hyper local extent. So does that impact people when they're thinking of trading up or down? Because obviously there's no guarantee that if they were to sell their home, they'd be able to find something in such a small area.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, if you're from Salt Hill or not McHara, that's where you'd ideally like to stay and you kind of swallow hard, you know, in some cases, and just live in that smaller house to live in the area that you know as well. And, you know, as you have children going up, you know, they have their friends in the areas have the schools in the areas, and then move into somewhere else. In some cases, it's like getting a nosebleed or the heebie-jeebies, you know, you just don't like to go out beyond your comfort zone. So you ask a Salt man to move to Renmore. there's no oh, way yeah. he gets to the Huntsville and he starts to turn around. Or even for my setup, I mean, living in Bowie City and having to move, possibly move out to down, down where my wife is from. Like in the Menlo Park Hotel, I start getting the shakes as well. So <laughs> no, it's it's a very localized area. Everybody loves where they live. You know, it's it's a fantastic city. And I, to be honest with you, I, I couldn't pick a better city to live in the world as well. And, you know, and that's what a lot of people are from. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, Polish and Indian families who are living here as well. And it's their home now as well. And um, they're part of the community, too.
0: Very good. And, um, you know, obviously that, that's lovely to hear from a community point of view, but it also amounts to very little um in the way of movement. So as then you've got people staying in a home. So, you know, historically, Irish people have never moved as frequently during our lives as, you know, our UK neighbours might have done, you yeah. know, um, and... And so for many people buying a home, really, it, they're only going to do this possibly twice or three times Correct. in their yeah. adult lives. So, yeah. you know, when you make the area smaller in terms of the the potential then in Galway, is there is there potential for these prime areas in Galway, these really desired residential areas? Is there development potential? Is there capacity there for more?
1: Yeah, there is. But then it's down to the, the value of the land. Um, Everybody now who has an acre or two acres or three acres within these areas automatically are are looking for World Cup and you're a million money. You know, it's just and it's just not there. I mean, you look at the cost of building houses now from what it was pre-COVID to what it is now. And it's absolutely frightening. And most builders would say to you, you want to get your head examined in order to start building houses around. So it is a scary task for these builders to take it on. And, you know, if they have if their backs are against the wall in terms of the financial part of it as well and they can't get the money out of it at the end, they just won't do it. You know, if you're blocked by planning, like another developer we know, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a horrible, horrible place to be. You know, you have to keep your chest out and keep going. But, you know, it, it's hard. It is hard. But I think if they freed up some of the land um, and zoned it, and, you know, if you didn't use the land, you have to, you have to, for the for the, the sake of the city and and housing, you need to be able to expand into these areas.
0: Um, to be able to give even a ray of light to prospective uh, buyers, what what is the pipeline looking like for twenty twenty three for both new homes and second hand properties?
1: We have two new schemes, and that'll make it the best part. I would say about three to four hundred units coming on stream between east and west of the city. I haven't been given the nod on on two of them, so I can't really discuss it too much with you. But if they come on scheme, you know, it'll be a great assistance. You know, with, with a lot of new houses as well. And then from speaking to some of the other agents as well, they they have a number of clients who are beginning to slowly drip feed um new estates out there as well. But again, it's it's just you're held back by the planning process. And if the builders aren't going to be building houses, we're going to run into a big trouble, whereas secondhand houses, there's no other way to go for them to go but up financially. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be a tough task, I think, as well.
0: Um, in terms of Goldwell, you know, it, it just because you mentioned planning a few times, um, it's it is one of the local authority that comes in for criticism. And sometimes that's uh, often that's in relation to its transport gridlock in the city. Um, it, it it's certainly a, a city that has attractive criticism in terms of its planning. But are there challenges in Galway maybe that we don't have in other regional cities?
1: Uh, I'm not too sure. I mean, I'd never criticise anybody in Goway City or Goway County Council. They have their job to do. They follow a process. They follow, you know, what they have to do. They're doing their job, um, you know, maybe. So that just needs to be looked at. You know, they're going through the motions of what they have to do on a day by day basis and do what they feel is best for the city as well. But the whole city is is caught with this transport system issue we have. I I live six kilometres from town and it could take you nearly 45 to 50 minutes to get in in traffic. And if that's if you leave at five past eight, but if you leave at five to eight, you could be in in 10 minutes at most. And then if you're if you're to do an appointment to, let's say, over in the east of the city, you'd want to be leaving the best part of an hour to get there just in time for the viewing as well. So it is a big frustration. I mean, they're, they're trying to get this ring road um, put in place, but I don't see it happening anytime soon. Unfortunately, it's just uh, flawed with issues. But yeah, and it's a big frustration.
0: Does that influence? Um, home buyers. Then, when they're looking, whether it's for new homes or second-hand homes, does that influence buyers when yeah. you talk to them? Depending on where how they need to, you know, bring their kids to school or work or wherever they need to be.
1: Yeah, indeed. Like that's the first thing you set out to them is like you're looking to buy in a car, but you're working in town. It just just you, know, you say it to them straight. I said you can be the best part of forty-five minutes to get here and there. But most people, they have decided on an area they want to. I mean, most the employment is on the on the east of the city, so that's where the people live out there. And if you're from that side or you're from maybe Roscommon, and Mayo and Clare, which would be it at May, it's easier to get home there as well from that side of the town. But yeah, you'd, you'd want to love Salt Hill and Ochnikara and Barnet to be working over in the east of the city. And, you know, it just depends on your family dynamic and, you know, what you want, really.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, look, it's, these are certainly interesting times. Um, in terms of, I suppose, what your expectations are for the marketplace there in 2024, what kind of trends are you seeing? I mean, we have we've talked about... Um, first-time buyers and, and those wishing to trade up and down. But across the country, we know the stats are that buy-to-let investors have been exiting the market almost consistently for seven years Um, at this stage. Are you seeing anything to book that trend or are you seeing any activity amongst the buy-to-let investors?
1: you know what that's you know it's it's a common conversation you have with people that investors are getting out but if if i were told the truth with you i think it's fueled by estate agents just saying look oh they're all getting out they're all getting out you should sell you should sell but the truth of it is there are some people selling but no more than there were over the last couple of years so i personally speaking i think it's just been fueled by estate agents in the media about people bucket getting out but that's my opinion in go city and i'm sure there are some people who are just fed up with the whole setup between tenants and landlord as well and the 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 difficulties they have to, with dealing with tenants. So if a tenant decides not to pay rent, you have to bring them to PRTB, mm-hmm. and it could be another six months or so without rent. And if they, you know, if they make your life hard, they can make it harder by not paying the rent. But I think it, there's not as many people getting out as as the media tend to uh, to put out there.
0: No, but that's actually a really refreshing thing to hear because actually the RTB and their own stats have said that yes, we can see landlords exiting, but actually there are a certain number coming back into the market so actually we we know that the um lack of of um any sort of balance of fairness between uh landlord rights and tenant rights have really been an issue that uh, um you know being a landlord is quite a um there's onerous tax and uh, regulatory issues there to be to, to be uh, contending with but actually the R2B stats themselves show that actually there are people coming in so it's interesting to hear that um so whatever about not having a higher number um, selling. Are you seeing many people come into the marketplace as buy to let?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a number of people coming in, but a lot of them will be, you know, mainly focusing on, well, the majority, I'd say 80% of them are looking at at uh, the future with children of theirs coming to college. You know, if somebody is taking a view and say, well, like my eight or 10-year-old or 12-year-old is going to be coming to go in the next couple of years, maybe we just buy a place so that we won't struggle to pay rent um, when we actually need to have it as well. So, that would that's where we would see a lot of the investors coming in as well. They buy at the moment and then have it for themselves, maybe during a summer period and then for the kids coming to college as well. But there are a number of people then who are buying just in speculation just for a return. Some, a lot of the pension funds are buying obviously because of their tax uh, benefit there as well. But overall, it's there's a steady stream still coming. Not as many as there was maybe in the last three or four years, but there's still a number of people coming in.
0: Very good. And Niall, I'm conscious of your time um, and I don't say too much, but I suppose i I. Just maybe you might have some words of advice for anybody who is thinking of selling or bringing their home to the market over the next uh, six to 12 months. What kind of advice are you giving them?
1: key to it is, is to ring your solicitor and tell them you're going to sell it. The second one is ring your solicitor and tell them you're going to sell it. And the third one is keep (laughs) bringing your solicitor because a lot of people... Get us to do a lot of work. We put it on the market, and then all of a sudden, I haven't notified my solicitor because the deeds can take the best part of three or four months to get from a bank, or maybe two months. Be it what may but no, I just know, It's to be organised. When you have your affairs in order, you have. Let's say you're selling a city, uh, a city property. The front of the house is the most important part. If you need to power hose and clean it, do it. If you want to put flowers outside it, maybe a flower basket. That's important as well. And just presentation i mean you know the day the day that you're doing a viewing is have it right have a clean have it decluttered as well and you know if you're in the other side of it then as well if you're on the buying side of it as well just check out the area accidentally bump into a neighbor and just ask the agents is there anything any issues that you foresee as well um probate you know when you're buying from an estate can take the best part of between three and six months in some cases as well so there's some relevant questions you need to ask but overall just do your homework on it and. Um, and don't be afraid to ask neighbours as to what the area is like as well, because sometimes you, you can be told anything you want by an agent, but you don't want to find out the wrong way afterwards.
0: Um, Niall, that is a fantastic way to close. And I love that you give that advice because we talk so much about the tools and technology. And I, I, I do believe that technology is the way to speed up the process and to streamline it for everybody. But you cannot underestimate the value of as a prospective home buyer walking around the area and I like that you said accidentally bump into the neighbours because you're absolutely right that's how you get the inside track on what it's like to live in an area that to be fair even the estate agents wouldn't know themselves because they mightn't be there after dark or they're not trying to park their car when everybody and their partner and their visitors are in in the evening so um that's some great advice and it's advice that we used to give about 20 or 25 years ago so I love that still being given out given out today um so that that's super um and i suppose really the final final points for today um just because we haven't we haven't really um looked at maybe the commercial market and i know that's not your area there but again odonnellan and joyce are dealing with some really high profile auctions and are there any trends that i suppose people need to be aware of in the galway market for 2024
1: no it seems all steady i mean it's um we're trying not to to change the mold too much as well you know again it's a it's a big town in a city really i mean it's we've got three main streets here really that's all um and the lack they haven't built any commercial areas really in the last while as well so i mean that that'll maintain itself you know there's always demand for with the growing population in the city and county as well so I think if they just keep going the way it's going, I don't see any change or dynamic there whatsoever.
0: That's that would be good news for investors. You know, again, the the certainty, um, the certainty that the regional towns can provide as well is something that there are many investors who seek that out. So I would just recommend anybody who's particularly interested in the auction side uh to take a look at the O'Donnell and Joyce website um for upcoming auctions. Niall, thank you so much. That was Niall Brown, partner with O'Donnell and the Joyce auctioneers and private treaty and new new homes manager my thanks to producer katie tallon and to the production team at hear me roar media and huge thanks to our show sponsor daft.ie ireland's most visited property website and thank you indeed for tuning in we'll catch you on the next episode of the property roundup in the meantime please be sure to subscribe to our other irish and international real estate and construction shows on iProperty radio